Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Sometimes you're feeling down, things haven't gone your way. So you're looking all around to find someone who'll save the day. One place you can't turn, who'll never turn you back. When you look too high, you're always back on track. Cause the shame loves you, you're his greatest pride. Yes, the shame loves you, he's always by your side. You can see it through, all the good you have inside. It's up to you, all you need is to decide. Trust in him, keep your head held high, let your soul just start to sing, cause the shame loves you, you're his greatest pride, yes the shame loves you, he's always by your side, you can see it too, the good you have inside, it's up to you, all you need is to decide, the shame loves you. a different walk with confidence in your stride when you think of Hashem's love and you know you're always on his mind there's a light you've got to shine a job no one else can do Hashem's giving you the tools now the rest comes down to you cause Hashem loves you yes you're his greatest prize oh Hashem loves you he's always by your side you can see that good you got inside It's up to you All you need is to decide Cause the shame loves you Yes, the shame loves you You're greatest pride Cause the shame loves you He's always by your side He's always by your side Oh, you can see it too All the good you have inside you got It's up to you All you need is to decide Na, 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 na
Oh, man. 
Good morning. Welcome to a Friday broadcast here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Sphere of Format Friday with Curry Bone done by Ari Goldwag. Before that, Hashem Loves You, also off of his a cappella soul. Hazinu is Kol Ish, Eshes Chayel from Yehuda Glanz, a.k.a. Pella Had Chaveirim. Lo Alecha, that was Leif Tahar. And Regesh, Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM in the AM, hello. It's Friday on May the 5th, the 9th of ER. Today is day number 24 in the counting of the Omer. That's three weeks and three days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, both Achrei Mos and Kedoshim, with candle lighting in the New York area at 737. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 53 degrees outside with 83% humidity. Winds are east at 12 miles per hour. Lots of rain in the New York area today with a high of 64. Then tonight, scattered thunderstorms. And a low of 59. Tomorrow afternoon showers, a high temperature, 65 degrees. You shall lie right now at 71. We're at 53 on a Friday as we wake up here at JM in the AM. Uh, weekly update coming up about uh, an hour and 10 minutes from now. Malcolm Holmline will join us. We'll go through the events of the week, talk about some of the things that are going on in this uh, crazy world of ours. Rabbi Yudin will join us. Torah portions of the week. He'll discuss both Achremos and Kedoshim, I am sure. That'll be coming up. Um, brand new edition of Table for Two happens at eight o'clock. Excuse me, at nine o'clock Eastern Time this morning with Naomi Nachman, right after JM in the AM. Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix is pretty amazing. That happens uh, every Friday, starting at uh, ten a.m. all the way until candle lighting time, including the Mark Zomik Friday live lunch, which starts at one p.m. Eastern Time and has gotten quite an amazing reaction all courtesy of our friends at Kedem. Uh, tomorrow night is Saturday Night Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, it's a JM Sunday with Matis beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time in the morning. There's so much happening at this network, my gosh. 
Next week's an amazing week. The week after is an amazing week. And then the week after that is the Yom Yerushalayim Amazing Week, where we'll be broadcasting from Jerusalem all through the week. Monday, we'll officially announce plans for our JM and the AM fundraising marathon, which is not going to be as long of a marathon as it's been in the past, but nonetheless, it'll be a marathon and certainly feel that way to many of us. <laughs> we'll announce plans on Monday and let you know exactly how you could support this amazing radio show and the incredible Nahum Siegel Network. And all of your support and help, of course, is greatly appreciated. Um, all right. I think we're set to go back to some acapella selections as we uh, do a Sphere format Friday morning. You're listening to JM in the AM.
In einer von den letzten Sachen, wo sein Tat hat ihm gesucht, ist gewesen Fasampetire. Er hat ihm Zigeriffen hingesucht, man tat ihr das Rolliko. Das zu wissen, als man einen Tag seinen gezahlte, aber das zu wissen, Also viele, wenn ich bin nicht du, hast du noch alles Tat im Himmel, wenn du kannst eibig sich durchreden, im Beten, wo es dein Herz wird begehen. 
In a zoi hat der Heilige Vashem Tov In ausgelehrten Sanatemidem verdeure, deure. Als wenn immer einer hat Zahra oder Agmes Neifisch, und er will geholfen werden, soll er ausreden sein Herz und Taten im Himmel. In der Fahrlamme schreien, denn die Koyach, 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 Ramoidus echut en mi Koyach, Koyach, Ile Yirus echut, Ile Zoyrus echut, en mi Koyach, Koyach, Ten mi Oh, yeah. 
Kill me, 
חוימר, כך חוימר, מיד, מיד היוצר. אוי אוי אוי, ואם גם מסמץ ויצייס וסחולויס וסחולויס. וכל יושבי סיילר יעמדו לימיני, לאישייני ולשמח נפשי. Oh, you're a shame, 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 you're a shame,
J.M. and the A.M., good morning all. Thanks for joining us. Um, going through some of the events of the week. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot to talk about today, and we'll do so during the weekly update. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll get his opinion on a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Hinni Biyarcha Zari Goldwag, you heard Hema done by AKA Pella. Ka'echsof, that was from Shabbistik Eitzris. Barry Weber's Koach, Koldodi from Yossi Goldstein. And uh, welcome to a Friday. It's May 5th, the 9th of ER. Good morning, all. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. Galit Tzal in the background. News from Israel coming up. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achremos, and Kedoshim. Two Parshios tomorrow. Candle lighting at 737. And today is day 24 in the counting of the Omer. Three weeks and three days. Day number 24. Keep that in mind. Day number 24. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Rain today with a high of 64. We're at 53 right now. Good morning, everybody. Don't forget the Stay Road Dinner is coming up on Tuesday night. Stay Road Dinner is Tuesday night. Make sure you have your reservations in. Stayroad.org, S-D-E-R-O-T.org, or 718-650-6091. Cantor's World has the Minchamar of Sphira service with Cantor's Yitzchak Meir Helfgott, Yaakov Rosenfeld, and Yaakov Motzen. Happening this Sunday, May 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the First Congregation on Chase Fard of Borough Park on 14th Avenue. Information, cantorsworld.com. Again, cantorsworld.com. Galay Tzal in the background. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for our Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the Am. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שני בירנבוים עם מה שקורה עכשיו. קוריאה הצפונית מאשימה את ארצות הברית כי ה-CIA ניסה לחסל את המנהיג קים ז'ונג און, כתבתנו קרן בן מרדכי. על פי הדיווחים בפיונגיאנג טוענים כי בניסיון ההתנגשות היה שימוש בחומר ביוכימי והוא בוצע על ידי סוכנות המודיעין האמריקנית בסיוע קוריאה הדרומית. טענת קוריאה הצפונית מגיעה לאחר שבועות מתוחים בינה לבין וושינגטון בעקבות ניסויי הטילים שביצעו הצדדים והחרפת התבטאויות המנהיגים. ארגון המורשת של האו"ם, אונסקו, מאשרר כעת את החלטתו השבוע נגד השליטה הישראלית בירושלים. כתבתנו המדינית, אילאיל שחר. הוועד המנהל של אונסקו יאשרר בשעות הקרובות את ההחלטה לפי הישראלי כוח כובש בירושלים, במסגרת אישור סופי של כל ההחלטות שהתקבלו בשבוע האחרון. על פי הערכות בישראל, אף מדינה לא תבקש לפתוח את הצעת ההחלטה מחדש, למרות שמדינות ערב שקלו לעשות זאת בניסיון לשפר את מספר התומכות בהחלטה האנטי-ישראלית. 
הלך לעולמו הרב בני אלון ממנהיגי הציונות הדתית והוא בן 62, כתבנו אורי איגרה. הסבא שעבר הקים את היישוב בית אל וכיהן כראש ישיבת בית אורות בירושלים, בנוסף היה יושב ראש סיעת האיחוד הלאומי. ושר התיירות מטעמה, נשיא המדינה ריבלין ספד לו ואמר, אלון הקדיש את כל כולו לעשייה ציבורית וחינוכית, בשנים האחרונות פעל לחיזוק מעמד ישראל ברחבי העולם, ותמך בה גם בשעותיה הקשות וכנגד דעת קהל עוינת. הלוויתו תצא בשעה שלוש וחצי מבית ההלוויות בגבעת שאול בירושלים. גבר בן 30 נפצע באורח קשה מדקירות ברחוב לוינסקי בעיר. צוות מגן דוד אדום פינה אותו לבית החולים איכילוב בתל אביב. כתבנו איתמר קציר מוסיף כי הרקע לאירוע פלילי. חברת זוגלובק מתריעה מפני חשש להימצאות בוטנים בחלק ממוצריה. כתבנו גל חן. בדיקה העלתה חשש שתבלין השום שנמצא בחלק מהמוצרים מכיל שאריות בוטנים. זוגלובק מבקשת מהצרכנים שרגישים לבוטנים שלא לצרוך את המוצרים המכילים את התבלין. בין היתר סלאמי מעושן, נקניקיות מרגז ונקניק הודו. את רשימת המוצרים המלאה ניתן למצוא באתר גל"צ. מזג האוויר היום נאה הלילה יעשה קר בהרים. ולסיום, בגלגלצ נמשך מצעד שירי האיצטדיונים הגדולים בכל הזמנים. גנזן רוזס שיגיעו ביולי להופעה בארץ ייקחו את המקום הראשון, מיד אחרי החדשות הדר מרקס ועומר גפן עם עשרת הגדולים. לעוד עדכונים חפשו גל"צ בטוויטר, אלה החדשות שערך ניתאי הנביא בצוות רון פיטרו ויואב כהן. יש מפרס לבן באופק מול ענן שחור כבד כל שנבקש לו יהי ואם בחלונות הערב אור נרות החג רועד כל שנבקש לו יהי לו יהי
Yeshama be'arei Yehu, 
ובארץ. מקימי מהפרדל, מהשפות, ירים אביון, בואי להושיבי, עם נדיבים, עם נדיבי אבות. J.M. and A.M. Friday with candle lighting at 737 in the New York area. A lot of synagogues begin earlier than that. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Yosef Karduner's Mikimi Mehera done by Kol Ish. Matovu was I- A.K.A. Pella and the Y Studs had Lou Yehida open up the hour. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Weekly update coming up just about 23 minutes from now or so in that area. Rabbi Yudin, of course, will address us on both Achremos and Kedoshim. Nine o'clock is when Naomi Nachman's brand new Table for Two program becomes available to everybody. You'll hear it on our uh, incredible network through all the platforms. You'll see it on our homepage, NahumSiegel.com. So Naomi Nachman is um, going to present Table for Two. Then the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix goes all day long until candle lighting time. And the Mark Zamek's live lunch Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. That's all happening today, all courtesy of our friends at Kedem. So go and enjoy a bottle of Kedem wine, knowing that they are uh, bringing an amazing and incredible Arab Shabbos music mix to everybody. Here at um, JM and the AM and uh, the Nachum Siegel Network. 
Today is day 24 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. More coming up in our acapella sphere format at JM in the AM. Something we're seeking kill. 
J.M. in the A.M. Uh, our acapella sphere of format continues. That's the uh, Mia Ishtan by 613. The Y studs had Menucha Vesimcha here at uh, J.M. in the A.M. Um, there was one selection I wanted to play, actually, from 613. I think this is it. Try to go to it coming up here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, someone on our app pointed out that the uh, Harav Benny alone has passed away. Yes, we heard earlier this morning 
the age of 62 after struggling with cancer. Um, Harav Benny alone, Rabbi Benny alone, one of the heroes of the uh, Gush Emunim religious Zionist movement, uh, passed away, 62 years old, and uh, his memory should be a blessing for all of us. Uh, an incredible man with um, great vision and somebody who uh, who understood the role of the state of Israel in the history of the Jewish people, to say the least. Well, this, I'm sure Malcolm Holmline will have a comment or two regarding Rabbi Benny Alone's passing as well on this Friday morning. 27 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, all. It's JM and the AM around the world. Thanks for listening to us, for tuning in and being part of this uh, radio presentation. A weekly update is coming up. Malcolm Holmline will join us for the weekly update, and uh, we'll get his uh, expert opinion on the events of this week. Tremendous number of things going on. Just when you think that uh, you've had a calm week news-wise, <laughs> we're able to prove otherwise each and every time. So we'll do that coming up. Rabbi Yudin's going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour, of course. Naomi Nachman follows JM in the AM with Table for Two. You'll see it on a video form on our homepage. You will see it in, or hear it on audio form through all of our platforms at 9 o'clock Eastern time this morning right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. That job is feeling It's all my own I feel so hectic Till I say Shabbat Shalom In any city I feel home Right from the start To the last fear Cut horizon I got that Pride in my religion Got my friends and family that holla in the oven It's so hot mm, We keep these same traditions After so many centuries That's the way we choose a rocket On Shabbat It's Friday night We'll save a brachot A cup of wine And a pair of marrow Loved ones are here Shoulders, this is your chance, 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 and everybody's free from worries and 
Let 
Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on our Erev Shabbos Sphere of Format Friday. Oh, next Friday will be almost like Bomer. Maybe we'll uh, loosen things up a bit. We'll see. Uh, Friday morning on this day 24 in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos. Achrei Mos and Kedoshim. Candle lighting in the New York area, 737. Weekly update in a moment. We thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically endorse us to their hundreds of thousands of readers. And you can go to their website to print that, I don't know, 500, 1,000 articles before Shabbos, depending on how much paper you have in your printer, all having to do with Israel and the Jewish world. Um, well, beyond that as well. Big thank you to our friends at OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas continues to use our content for a whole variety of things in their brand new news feed. They are way beyond just Simcha news, although the Simcha news that they do is phenomenal. Uh, check out OnlySimchas.com and enjoy their daily uh, soiree into uh, great news and important news in the Jewish world. By the way, I just wanted to extend our condolences to the Jacob family. Many of you are aware of the fact that Mrs. Doreen Jacob uh, passed away last Shabbos. I um, was able to visit with um, our good friend Simon Jacob in Yerushalayim earlier this week, Anya Matzmut, and to uh, his sister Sally and to his brothers and to the extended family, of course, we say and extend our uh, sincerest condolences. She was an amazing lady, Mrs. Doreen Jacob, and um, I mentioned her during the Yom Matzmut special because of her comments many times about the day that Israel was founded back in November of 1947 when the vote was approved by the U.N. Um, so we uh, we remember her fondly, and again, we extend our uh, our wishes to the entire family. Also, we've been, we've, been, um, uh, we've been made aware of the passing of Mrs. Eva Stendig-Miller, uh, beloved mother of uh, Elliot, Leon, Stewart, and Karen, and uh, wife of, uh, uh, of Irving Miller of blessed memory. The Miller family goes way, way, way back with us, <clears throat> all the way to the days 
in Newark, New Jersey, and they are sitting Shiva as we speak in West Orange. Uh, and uh, we want to extend our condolences and may they be comforted among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem uh, to the Miller family out in Essex County, New Jersey. Again, we are thinking of you here at JM in the AM. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos, candle lighting 737. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update on this Friday. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, we learned of the passing of Ray Benny alone. I would assume that uh, only 62 years old, by the way, after a battle with cancer. I would assume you had many encounters with him over his lifetime. Yes, he, you know, he served in government. He was a minister of tourism. He held other uh, posts, and in those capacities, we we worked together with him. Indeed, he had been sick. Um, comes from an illustrious family, of course, Judge Alone, and... Uh, a certain extent, condolences to his family. And, you know, I said earlier in remembering him, I said, you know, there are some people who, who get the vision of the role of the state of Israel in the history of the Jewish people. And, and you have to say he was one of them, right? He played a very important role. He was very outspoken, stuck to his principles, was um, always consistent. Uh, to say the least. And, and you mentioned tourism a moment ago because of a position he used to hold. Are you aware of the numbers that are now going through Ben Gurion Airport on a regular basis. I'm talking about in and out, the amount of travel that's happening, plus, of course, uh, to everyone's uh, happiness, the number of people coming to Israel during a month like April with Pesach, and now, of course, with the upcoming Yom, Yom, Yom Yerushalayim. Are you, are you aware of just how much better uh, the numbers are travel-wise when it comes to uh, Ben Gurion Airport? Well, I know in the first uh, quarter of the year, this year, it hit uh, 740,000, as I recall the number, which is a record, and that was before the doesn't include the the rush for Pesach, which is bigger. And Yom Yerushalayim will have additional people, and especially one visitor who's going to take up a lot of seats. <laughs> so very good. It won't help El Al, but it will help. Uh, it will help uh, in the hotels, and a lot of people will be bumped who will not be happy. But uh, you can't sue the hotel if they bump you. Just a warning to them. Uh, so plan ahead for the two days. Um, that uh, or three that will be very complicated in Jerusalem, and especially because it is Yom Yerushalayim. Uh, moving around the city is going to be very difficult. Malcolm, in this audience, you could sue anybody. Don't give anybody the challenge that they can't sue somebody. Are you kidding me? Well, uh, no, I wasn't giving him a challenge. I was just trying to give him a heads up. Don't, don't start planning to get a you, reservation you, so you, you could sue you, mean, you get nothing. You mean that it might be easier your way is what you're saying. I think, yeah, plan ahead and take care of it, right? Exactly. Anyway, it's going to be an exciting time to say the least. We remind you that uh, you can log on to Mizrahi.org slash YY50, Mizrahi.org slash YY50, the 24th of um, of May. On that day, we will be doing our Yom Yushalayim program, courtesy of Amit. Our friends at Amit are going to join us that day on the roof of Eshat Torah. Malcolm, you have to admit, we're going to have a really, really good view of Harabayat that day. From there, it's a spectacular view, and I think there will be much to be seen given the tremendous number of events that are, are being planned, uh, some of them very large official events, others sponsored by different groups. But uh, I think it will be very inspiring. And what more appropriate after the UNESCO vote of the past week oh, yeah. than for everybody to come together and to, to counter the charge that uh, Jew, the Jewish claim to Jerusalem is nullified, 
that uh, it's occupied Palestine to be in, in Jerusalem, and that it's a violation of international law, all sorts of uh, other things inherent uh, in this uh, UNESCO action, which has really no legal uh, status per se, but it is, of course, significant. What was important is that 23 countries abstained, 10 of which had before voted against uh, Israel, and uh, 10 voted for Israel, but Italy, Greece, uh, Togo, Paraguay, um, of course, the United States, the UK, Netherlands, Lithuania, uh, I think I mentioned Ukraine, uh, and Germany, all voted with Israel against the resolution. And I mention them because we should express appreciation. And of all the countries in Europe, only Sweden voted for the resolution. I was wondering why they were singled out. They're the only European country to vote against. That I vote for a rather. singular country to vote against. The others abstained. Right. They, the EU tried to come in with a consensus, meaning a total agreement, a united vote. They were unable uh, to do so. But, you know, it's continuing efforts by the PA, by the Palestinian Authority, to undermine Israel at a time when their leader came to the United States. And, and uh, Hamas talks about a new page, which the press somehow... I can't understand, but they they buy into some of the stuff that they didn't amend their charter. They didn't. The charter remains. The, the, both of them have not said they're ready to accept the existence of the Jewish state, uh, the, and we don't need their acceptance. We need them to be really committed to living in peace and to to uh, recognize and not to prejudge and not to continue these these campaigns. So that the the UNESCO vote, I think the best answer is a really spectacular. Uh, commitment to Jerusalem, and I, I saw the United States, by the way, was very strong in this, and when this week the vice president hosted, for the first time ever, a White House event commemorating Yom Ha'atzmaut, and it was really a privilege to be there, and the vice president gave a very strong statement, as you know, he's a very strong supporter, uh, but the very fact of the event, I think, which was what was of significance, it wasn't very big. Um, but it was very important. Oh, no question about it. I saw the video of it, and uh, his statement was amazing. Orrin Hatch was great. Uh, Orrin Hatch, Dermer, it was, Ron it was Dermer, very meaningful. David yeah. Friedman seems to be doing a, a bang-up job as uh, ambassador, I must say. Um, all right, uh, I will tell you one thing, and I know, and, and not, not to sidetrack, but I, I just have to tell you, I was there. I was there Tuesday, Yom Ha'atzmaut in Israel, and I know we always talk about our ability sometimes to mourn better than our ability to celebrate. Uh, it is amazing to see the celebration. And the state of Israel, the government of the state of Israel, really helps everyone get into the mood because the flags and the decor and the bunting throughout the state as you drive, even from the airport to Jerusalem, is so amazing and so incredible. And then I'll tell you the most heartwarming thing about Tuesday. Um, I'm standing at Sharyafo at Jaffa Gate, and thousands of people of all ages draped in Israeli flags are doing a Stand With Us march, Stand With Israel march, and people from Mexico and Panama and every state imaginable in the United States and even European countries are proudly proclaiming that they are standing with Israel. It was really heartwarming and, and nice to see in light of some of the things going on these days. And one of the things that uh, people may not know is that for the 24 hours before Yom Koron, the uh, soldiers and people go to every single military uh, cemetery and the graves of in other places and put Israeli flags and uh, to commemorate the 23,544 who fell in, in the battles of Israel and were victims of, uh, of the terrorists. Um, 
And, it, I mean, it really shows the unity. I think a million and a half people went to visit the cemeteries just on that day. And, you know, it shows Hakar Satov real appreciation for those who made the ultimate sacrifice, those who were wounded, those... And, and as moving as the celebration is, when that a siren sounds and everybody stops, literally, almost, well, most Mo- everybody most stops. Most everyone. Yeah. And, uh, and um, it, it is a, a moving tribute. And to see the ability to move from, uh, uh, to move almost instantaneously from that sense of mourning and, and remembrance to the celebration is really it's it's like uh, electric bolt goes through the country. Yeah, we we spoke to Rabbi Fass on on Memorial Day on Monday. I was not aware of the fact that lone soldiers, and you know that Nefesh Benefesh has a lot to do with lone soldiers. Lone soldiers are assigned to go to the graves of lone soldiers. Some of them right. from the 1948 war. Right, to, the Mahal group, which is unbelievable. Uh, which 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 increases the connection. Obviously, it's not just visiting, but visiting people who are who went through the same situation before their unfortunate passing uh, that they are going through. Right, I think that was uh, it was very significant. And I think we also, when we're celebrating, you know, Israel's population is ten times what it was when it was founded in 1948. 8.68 million, three quarters of whom are Jewish, and 21%, I guess, or so, are, are both Muslim and Christian Arabs, and the remaining, I don't know, less than 5% are non-Arab Christians and other faiths. And uh, there were 174,000 babies born in Canaanara, and, and about 30,000 people emigrated to Israel. So this is, uh, I think, another reason that people could have a lot to celebrate there is so many things for which uh, there is reason to celebrate. There were not even a million people in Israel in 1948. Right. Think and about and they absorbed all of those who now, yeah. you know, you saw again that Hamas is demanding the right of return right. and uh, demanding that, uh, amongst other demands that they continue to put forward, that uh, those people were kept in refugee camps, a lesser number than what Israel absorbed from, from the Arab countries. We... we, we have to be they should be remembered on this Yomatzmuth as well. The nine hundred thousand, maybe more Jews who were driven out of Arab countries in, in, uh, in around the time of the creation of the state and before and thereafter, uh, uh, and absorbed largely in Israel, also in some other countries. But it's uh, you know it's something that gets written uh, as a footnote sometimes to history, but but should be remembered that there are two refugee populations. One that was absorbed and not kept as pawns, and the one that was just used as a political football. Hey, do you think that uh, 70 is going to be a big deal? Because, you know, once Tuesday passed, we entered year number 70 uh, for the independence of the state of Israel. You think it'll be a massive celebratory year upcoming? I do believe that, well, the the next year's celebration, I think, will be very unique. I think, uh, but but we shouldn't wait. It's not the number that, that matters. It's the it's the event, and and we take it for granted too often. And if we don't remind young people about what the real history is, look, look at how how Abbas and the others, and what I talked about UNESCO, try to distort history because they know the power of it, and uh, and the um, some of the stuff, the reports that we saw this week around the trip of of Abbas to the United States, the distortions, misrepresentations, uh, it, you know, some of it is, is almost incredible to think that people. Uh, believe the reports uh, about w- w- what happened and what what is going on, or or, or the history of of these things. So the, they don't know the history of Hamas, the charter, the the fact that uh, 
that they're claiming all the land. You know, people look at it and people said, well, they're only demanding up to the 67 lines. That's already recognition. It is not. It's a first stage. It's a tactical move on their part. It's not anything that they rescinded or they, they changed the direction. So people have to look beyond the surface of what is being said to, to the nuances and to the significance of the world and of the words. And and even the idea of regionalization of the conflict, you know, and the solution uh, carries with it some potentially onerous uh, implications in that the, the Arab states in the region have to satisfy their populations. The, the Palestinian Authority has to satisfy the Palestinian uh, population, but they well, they could be with economic and other matters, which don't matter to the to the Arab world at large, where you still see in the studies and the polls uh, that overwhelmingly people have hostile views. It is, there has to be a broader effort, and the president raised the issue of incitement uh, and supposedly privately raised the issue of the payments to the terrorists. But there has to be an absolute requirement. I mean, there can't be any continuation of this policy which allows, and, and, and the funding has to be stopped until they uh, stop the, the $300 million a year that goes to encourage, reward, glorify the terrorists and, and or their survivors. It, it, it's, it's such an outrageous practice, and and the uh, you know it should be an absolute requirement that. And I did not go to the reception. You know, we were invited to to events for uh, Mr. Abbas, and I said until that happens, we can't go there. We can't pay tribute to or be seen as honoring him when he pays people to kill our brothers and sisters and, and others in, in Israel. And then honors them with, uh, and that was your reaction to, uh, it was, excuse me, it was the Prime Minister's reaction when uh, he, he proclaimed that the PA, that the uh, PA in general teaches their children peace, and then the Prime Minister reacted by saying, teaches them peace, they, they actually honor those and pay those who've, uh, who've killed and continue to kill Israelis. And when UNRWA tried to change the textbooks now, they objected. They won't let them. Egypt changed the textbooks. Uh, and again, as I say, in, in all the Arab countries, there's there's a great deal of work to be done, but there are some efforts made. Uh, look, the PA's budget is $14.2 billion, I think, a year. Uh, their income is $2 billion a year. And that includes a billion dollars from the United States, the EU, others, which means they have a deficit every year of $2.2 billion. Right. Now, that's why the leverage of the $300 million they pay out to these terrorists is so it can be uh, used to say to them, you lose that money. Every dollar you give to them, we deduct from whatever given. And don't find other ways to do it. We give them $500 million a year. Uh, officially, it's, it's less, but it's cumulatively $500 million a year. Well, that has to be addressed, and, and that issue has to be uh, resolved. And, you know, it, the, the tougher we are, the more likely we are to get the, the results that everybody wants to see. Alavai, we only hope that there could be an end to the violence and terrorism and peace and uh, betterment, but it will only come when the United States gives the leadership and the, uh, I think the president's visit is uh, the fact that it's the first uh, amongst the three countries he's going it's the first uh, foreign visit he's placing. If you remember, it took President Obama many years before he visited Israel. Right. Uh, so it is an important uh, declaration. Yeah, I want to ask you about the trip. Are, aren't there certain key members of Congress that were really sitting on the president uh, in terms of this whole payment issue? Uh, who, who, who gets kudos? Who, who in Congress have been 
have been leaders in this area of of trying to get these payments by the PA or for the PA stopped? Well, there, there are uh, many because the House leadership and the Senate leadership, Lindsey Graham, has been very uh, forthright. And I know Ed Royce and Elliot Engel have been supporters. But the the um, uh, the, the problem is that they can't. Get, there's a bill called Taylor Force Bill, named for right. the young Marine who was killed in Tel Aviv and a non-Jew who was visiting in Israel, and. Um, and so far, they have not been able to get Democratic sponsors because there's some, I don't know, difference over the content, whatever. Hopefully, that will be resolved. And, and the more important thing is the principle is established. And there, I think, you have across-the-board uh, support. You saw that 100 senators signed on to the bill that, that um, demanded the U.N. change. And, and I think on this as well, that there is uh, universal support. And one of the things we also should remember on this, you uh, know, are, are um, Hadar Golden and Oran Shaul, whose remains are being held by the um, by Hamas and, and refuse to release it. And uh, we have to use every pressure, and we have for a long time. Um, but uh, they were killed in the in the uh, um, during the Israel's defensive war in 2014 in Operation Protective Edge. And I saw, as I told you, I saw his mother's testimony, Hadar Golden's mother's testimony in front of the Knesset, including the Prime Minister, and it was just a heartbreaking, to say the least. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is with us. He's Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. All right, tell me now, about the trip, the trip will include, as of now, the Vatican, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. It sounds like uh, they leave the United States on the 19th of May, uh, which which means, I assume, they'll be in Israel the very, very early part of the week of Yom Yerushalayim week. Um, it also, there's a rumor flying that the president wants to have a major address on Masada. Have you heard that? Yes, absolutely. What that you, that what, is what one of the things that is being muted. Um, what do you think? It, well, I think it would be very dramatic. That's it's a very sure. s- symbolic and significant place. It would also lessen the traffic jam in Jerusalem. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but if you remember, the, I mean, most of them speak in the Knesset. It, it, it may, uh, President Obama didn't. Uh, and I remember um, I was at George Bush second speech in, in the Knesset, which was uh, very moving. Uh, I think with the President Obama, there was concern about the reaction of some of the members and the other things, so he found another venue. But the, um, the choice of Masada certainly is very symbolic, but we don't want to look at a place where there was death, but to remember the history and the fact that, you know, those who try to pretend that we had no past there, that certainly symbolizes it, and the message that Masada shall never fall again uh, is a very important one and for the president to identify with it. It could be significant. The, he is going to the Vatican. It shows that he's doing the three religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. We, we, there could be regional meetings in Saudi Arabia, uh, maybe the Egyptians and Jordanians, who obviously would have wanted the president to visit and are upset that he isn't, um, may meet him there. There are a lot of, a lot of options, and they're pushing this uh, you know, regional approach, which has some value, and of course their support for uh, and lessening the tensions with Israel is, as we have seen, is is very important. Right. I was going to point that out when you mentioned it earlier. I mean, if, if we're going to be against regionalization or the effort, you know, then we have to start with the White House. It's you know, it, it seems that they're they're the ones pushing for it. 
Well, I'm in favor of opening the, of the, and I've spent a lot of time, as you know, working these Arab countries to to break down some of the barriers and to look at new options and opportunities. And the fact that you have now the common thread of of Iran uniting everyone. Yeah, but if and not if not done properly, Israel could suffer if the process. So that's the, my point is that while people look, at, it was like the. You know, Russian declaration of West Jerusalem right. saying, oh, well, the embassy belongs in West Jerusalem. Number one, why didn't they just do it? And why isn't their embassy there then? But the fact is that it, it is not a good thing, what they said, because what they gave all of East Jerusalem to a Palestinian entity, essentially. And they said, West Jerusalem is yours. Nobody's disputing West Jerusalem. That's not a question. And the the and the rest of it is what's supposed to be in in negotiations, but it has to be unified. We're never going to allow Jerusalem to be divided. So people have to look beyond just the surface of things to understand what are the ramifications. And uh, uh, you know, it does bolster it the fact that they give cover to Abbas against he has tremendous opposition. He's very unpopular in, amongst the Palestinian people. They're fighting the corruption. They they fight his. Uh, Security measures. He cracks down. They make arrests. They, the, the fighting that goes on in in the Palestinian camps is not against Israel today. It's against the Palestinian Authority police, right. and there is still good security cooperation between the PA and and Israel. And we see every once in a while, you know, significant breaks where they they arrest a terrorist cell, they arrest uh, individuals who or, or groups that were inv- are involved in some of the uh, attacks that we've seen. But the fact is that the climate continues to be poisonous because of them, and, and to, to look at the broader role to be played by uh, the other countries. One of the things that I learned when in, in the Arab countries when we visit, and even recently, is, is they hardly raise the Palestinian issue anymore. You know, they're tired of it, and it's become a burden for them, and they see the kleptocracy with all the money that they have poured into the PA not benefiting the people. And they built no economic infrastructure, or the budget figures would be very different. Um, so th- there are uh, opportunities, really unique opportunities, and, and Israel being able to trade and, and uh, work with the countries in the region will be very important and very beneficial. But at the same time, we have to see how will that impact you know, the negotiating stance, because th- their concern is about their streets, where this issue still does resonate, even if, if it's not a priority for them. Uh, it, it is always a sensitive issue and and one that they can't uh, overlook and can't look appear to be weak in terms of the demand. So if they start all demanding a return to the 67 borders, which Abbas did, he, he, and and uh, he also wanted a, a definitive timetable. He wanted guarantees that they would go back to the 67 lines and uh, settlement freeze and other things. And yet he, the demands on him of ending incitement and fighting terrorism, et cetera, that uh, was, were laid out in Washington, we haven't seen much compliance in that regard. Yeah, that's for sure. Were you afraid or worried, or maybe it wouldn't have been a worry, if, that if he would have left Washington, meaning Abbas, if he would have left Washington with, with a date for some type of summit or a, a you know, a, an actual target date that the U.S. would have put forth for some type of three-way uh, meeting or maybe even a you know some type of regional meeting in Jerusalem? Well, I don't think you can rule out that that, is on the agenda for this visit. Uh, well, that means supposedly that, that, is going to be meeting with Abbas and going maybe to Bethlehem, maybe to Ramallah. But the three uh, of them will not meet together, right? No, right. I'm saying that that is a possibility. The three could meet together on this trip. I, I said you can't rule that off the agenda. Is what I'm saying. Wow. Uh, again, I don't know that they've made any final decisions. I don't think that they have. But I would not 
say that that's out of the question. So or, he could invite, or, and we know that President Trump sometimes does things, you know, off the cuff. He could invite both leaders, Abbas and Netanyahu, to a meeting. And of course, I would assume Bibi could not decline a meeting like that, right? Well, it would be very hard to decline right. a meeting, and especially the president there, wow. where the three would come together. Talk about a Yom Yerushalayim surprise. <laughs> wow. Well, right. So they could all join in the celebration of Yom Yerushalayim, recognizing the 3,800-year-old Jewish claim to Jerusalem. But the, the, the uh, it's it's not, it, that's one option of something that could uh, could be in the cards. But they're not ready for negotiations because it takes a lot of preparatory work. It takes, you have to think about what is the agenda, how are you going to accomplish it, because of failed talks, failure I know, will, but... will be set things back even worse. But we're and dealing with President Trump. Where it's irrelevant to that to him, it would seem, if they're prepared for the talks. You know, his attitude often is, let's just sit down and get this done with already. Well, he does seem to, you know, he wants to make a deal. He believes he can. He said it. It's a very complicated thing. A lot of people thought they, every president comes in wanting to make the deal, believing that they can do it. That's what you get Nobel Prizes for. That's what you get recognition for. I don't think he, he may not care about that, but and and maybe sincerely motivated in in what he wants to do but um but the fact is that it's it is a very complex issue and there's a lot of work that goes in goes into it we've seen it maybe a bold move of some kind you know that's what Sadat did he right. changed the climate between Egypt and Israel or at least created the possibility by taking the bold move of coming and speaking at Knesset and and doing something Without the U.S., by the way, being involved at the time, right? Correct. Carter and and many from that era wish it would have stayed that way, frankly. Mm-hmm. And the, and you know, there you have to look also. Uh, there's so many other things going on. You have the Iranian election coming up. We have uh, so many um, uh, issues that are are really of significance as well now happening in the region. Let alone what's going on in Syria, the tensions with Turkey, the you know, virtually on every front, anywhere you talk, there are so many things that. Israel, one of the things, of course, they're pressing is that in any talks on Syria that they remember that they've got to keep the Iranians, the Hezbollah, everybody away from the northern border. We know that Iran is building these now two uh, uh, cross, this cross-regional um, uh, access routes to the Mediterranean, but they go through Syria, Iraq, uh, Lebanon. Uh, it's part of the Shiite crescent, but it also and also for supply routes. But more importantly, it's the way that they move people that they they assert their uh, controls. Suleimani, you have the Iran Revolutionary Guard has been there for months. They are are building infrastructure, building up their Shiite militias who will protect it because they don't want to put their own troops down there, down on the along the the, uh, the trans regional highway. I'm talking now about unifying railroads in the region. This is a, a, a big grab on their part for power and, and influence and whatever the outcome in Syria, but also in Iraq and as they are in Yemen and, and in Lebanon now. And for Israel, this poses really serious security uh, issues, which ha- also will be on the agenda. You know, while we think that it's only the Palestinian issue, it isn't the case. And, and you're talking about the supply of missiles. You're talking about... Um, the uh, Israel's ability to respond, given the Russian presence and other considerations, and the changed situation in Lebanon, where Hezbollah today is the government. Um, what did you think of Bibi's revelation that in 2015 he had a, a conversation with Vladimir Putin uh, regarding cooperation between Israel and Russia vis-a-vis Syria? And do you think whatever was discussed in that meeting, if in fact it did lead to cooperation, is still going on today? 
Well, we, we, we did discuss it. Uh, I talked about it after his visit, and um, it clearly it did. there was coordination. He saw that Israeli planes, and now Israeli um, rockets are being fired, uh, not so much planes. Uh, but Israel can't allow, it, it has to be an absolute demand. Israel can't allow more and more sophisticated weapons, especially the rockets getting to Hezbollah. You know, the ones they have, they have 150,000, but they deteriorate, and they want to get more and more upgraded ones. Hamas certainly has, has accomplished that and are making their own. Today, Iran has established factories inside Lebanon, underground, many of them. Uh, um, we don't know for how many weapons, I mean, what, how many kinds of weapons, but we know for rockets and for more advanced and, and trying to get more and more advanced equipment um, into to Lebanon for Hezbollah. So Israel's responses are an essential. I'm sure that's what the, the marker that the prime minister put down and said, look, we don't want any, God forbid, to kill any Syria, uh, Russians in, in Syria. But understand, this is the red line. And oh, see, I, I thought he so far re- they've done it. I thought he revealed it this week because things were going in a different direction. He needed to remind Russian leadership about that conversation. I, I, I mean, they have made it clear, and they've talked about it in press conferences. I mean, it's it's never been as explicit, but more implicit about uh, this understanding. And they didn't want to compromise because the Russians don't want to be compromised now as their Syrian allies that they made a deal with Israel to allow them to have free reign. Do you think but, the? I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just I'm against the clock here. Do you think that uh, the president will in fact meet with the leader of North Korea as he expressed earlier in the week? He'd be glad to do so. I don't know that uh, that maniac is really ready to travel. I think he's got to stay home because he's afraid of maybe of a coup at any time. And you're referring and, now to the leader of North Korea, correct? Of course. I'm just joking. Oh, oh. <laughs> because we had so both. Funny. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> at least he got it at some point. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, I, for one, don't I, I don't think North Korea poses a direct threat to the United States. They're not going to launch missiles against us and against California they know, or, or even Hawaii. I know that, that they, they know that this is, that we will obliterate any capacity that they have, including him. Um, um, so what, what I heard some guy calls him King John mentally ill. Oh, uh, nice one. But, but, uh, uh, but of course it's a threat to, to South Korea. It's a threat to Japan. But most of all, it's the Chinese who, who have the burden on this case. And, and, you know, North Korea, whatever North Korea is doing, we have to remember that it's synergistic with Iran. That this is an integrated program. And you remember the, the nuclear uh, um, factory that the uh, Israelis took out in Syria, right. facility, I should say, um, was a North Korea-Iran project. It wasn't a Syrian project. And they are working together on the missiles, on the ballistic missile capacity, on the nuclear weapons development. All of these things, I think, are, are shared, and we know that the scientists from each country are in the others when they do these tests. So Iran, North Korea should not be dismissed. It's not because it's a direct threat, and I don't think the United States you know, is going to go to war over it. But there are many others who have a much more direct interest. And I know China has put a lot of troops along the border, and their big fear is that millions of North Koreans, should the government collapse, are going to pour into China, as, as they have in the past. But that is a, a great fear on the part of, of uh, China that could be further destabilizing. And for our listeners who are going to be upset at me over Shabbos, we're not asking about the embassy again uh, with the upcoming trip. We don't know. We have no idea if the President of the United States will make a move regarding the embassy in Jerusalem. Right? Again, yeah. um, no, I don't, I, I don't know what he, 
he could make an announcement. It doesn't have to be a move of the actual facility, which right. will take a long time to do. But maybe because it's Yom Yerushalayim, he will make some make of recognition or perhaps do something at one of the consulates. What do you think of his religious liberty executive order that he signed yesterday? Uh, well, I, I for one feel that uh, you know churches and others should be able to speak their mind. Uh, but the, the the point is, he can't use tax dollars uh, for it. But but the, that's not what what has been happening. And if uh, other groups have the right, you know, the, it's not a blank check, but it's it is uh, it is something that uh, people supported for a long time. Right? Uh, has Israel um, been criticized, or do you anticipate they soon will be for the announcement about fifteen thousand new homes in East Jerusalem this week? They'll be criticized no matter what. Uh, but you see, it's been pretty muted. The people have already, uh, you know, absorbed all these announcements, and uh, and and the problem is that often these announcements are reannouncements, not just announcements. Right, By the way, on, on your previous question, I hope that if it passes, rabbis won't just take the opportunity to be to to do endorsements and to get more involved in in the political nitty gritty. I think they should be involved as citizens and stuff, but not use the pulpit. For endorsements, but to talk about the issues and to, and they're not restricted from doing that now. Well, the, well then it sounds like. But you, I don't want to see shuls divided more because the rabbi well, or somebody gets up and. Well, then it sounds then it sounds like you would have preferred he not sign that executive order yesterday. No, it's not a question of signing the order. I'm talking about, even without the order. It, you know, people, most of them, churches and church groups have been testing the limit all along and probably violate the. I think would be proper to say that it, they many of them violated until now and it wasn't enforced except very on a very selective basis i know that our organizations are all monitored very carefully and we don't have the exemption that synagogues and and war veterans groups by the way have right. where they're allowed to to lobby and to you know right. there's a five percent rule or something it used to be a I assume it's still in force where you can't send more than five percent of your budget, or if it's significant, if lobbying becomes a significant part, right. which is really subjective. Finally, so, with, with the distance in the polls, uh, what do you think on the eve of the French election? Well, it's interesting that President Obama decided to uh, to endorse Macron and uh, ended up with Vive la France. The, the, I don't know if it helps at the, him in the campaign in France, but. Right. It's it's uh, the election is very intense, very nasty. You have also, by the way, nobody's paying attention to the British election, and it's certainly the one in in Iran, all of them which are very important. Uh, but the French thing has taken on much broader significance, I think, for direction, future direction in Europe, and um, the debates were really pretty intense, and and sort of reflected sometimes the debates here, but not not fully. It's the circumstances are clearly different. Be interesting to see the outcome. I mean, and, and more importantly, you see well, the, you as see, importantly, by the way, is to watch what happens in the parliamentary election. Correct. You see the gap in the uh, in the um, presidential election in the polls. Yep, it's pretty significant. Yes, it's very significant, but it depends on the turnout. I heard that usually eighty plus percent of French people vote this time. As much as a third have said that they will not vote. They don't like either of them. And, you know, that happened here where many, many people, hundreds of thousands in some states, didn't fill in the top line. 
you know, that, that's not a commitment to, to democracy. You've got to make a choice and make a decision. Don't complain about the results. And here, if that, if that happens in France, it could affect the outcome. All right. Well, we'll see next week if I complain about the results. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Have a good job. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Day 24 in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achremos, and Kedoshim with candle lighting at 737 on this Erev Shabbos. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Newton, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Newton. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two parashios of Achrimos and Kedoshim. Together they are a total of 79 mitzvos. The breakdown is that Achrimos contains two positive and 26 restrictions and Kedoshim contains 13 positive and 38 restrictions. You have the beginning of Parshas Achrimos deals with the unique, special Avodas Yom HaKippurim, the special service that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, officiated on, on once a year on Yom Kippur. You have at the end of Acharimos and at the end of Kedoshim, the Parsha of Arayos, the prohibited sexual relations, and interestingly, the second parsha, which is called and entitled Kedoshim and the charge that we are to be a holy people, amazing how many of these laws are actually interpersonal. So we see that not by isolating oneself, but rather by enhancing society, as indeed the Kutzka Rebbe says, the Pasuk in Mishpatim, the Anshe Kodesh Tiyunli, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be people of holiness, not angels of holiness. Now, I'd like to share with you a rather challenging or cryptic medrash, fairly well known, found at the beginning of Parshas Kedoshim. It's in Medrash Rabbah, chapter 24, paragraph 9, that on this verse, at the beginning of Parshas Kedoshim, Daber B'nei Yisrael, Daber El Koladas B'nei Yisrael, speak to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, V'yamarto Alehem, and say to them, Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy, Ki Kodosh, Ani Hashem for I am holy, Hashem your God. So the Medrash says something most challenging. Yochol Komoni, I might think that you are to be as holy as I, Talmud Lomar, therefore the verse continues, Ki Kodosh Ani, for I am holy, and the Midrash continues, Kedusha si l'malo My holiness is higher, greater than yours. What in the world does this Midrash mean? And how do we make any, quote, sense thereof? 
So I'd like to share with you a very interesting understanding of this Medrash as presented by the uh, Rav Shimon Shkup, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, in his introduction to his work, Share Yosher. Rav Shimon Shkup, just very briefly, was born in Toritz, Minsk, and at the age of 12, he studied in the Yeshiva Mir for two years. He traveled to Volozhin and studied within the Tziv, Sechet Tzadik Levracha. And he was part of an extraordinary group of students with whom Reb Chaim Salavechik Zatzal interacted. In 1884, he became a Ram at the Yeshiva of Taish, where he taught Torah for 18 years and became well known for his style and distinctive chidushim. In 1903, he was appointed rabbi of Melch, replacing the Gaon Rav Zalman Sender Zatzal. And in 1907, he became the Rav of Brainsk, where he founded a yeshiva known as Yeshivat Rav Shimon Brainska. During World War I, he remained in Brainsk, which was captured by the Germans, and helped assiduously to look after his town's people. Since his yeshiva was forced to close during the war, he used his spare time to arrange his chidushim and shiurim in a sefer. This is the popular Share Yosher, which was published in 1928. And so, in his introduction to the Share Yosher, Rev. Shimon writes as follows, that man, as we know, is to emulate Hashem. And that is, as God is, the Olachto Bidrachav, the 611th mitzvah, we are to follow in his ways. And so here, this verse is telling us as well that one of the ways in which we are to follow Hashem is Kedoshim Tiyu. Now he understands Kedoshim Tiyu to mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God, is constantly giving. He is only giving. He needs nothing from us and gets nothing back from us. Yochol, I might think, Kamoni, that man is to direct all his efforts on behalf of others. Talmud Lomar, therefore, the verse says, No, Kikadosh Oni, my sanctity is Kedusha Silamalo Mikadusha Shem. I can be in this very special state of capital A, capital G, all giving. Man, however, is to be constantly undergoing attention, a tension between him, as is found in the first chapter of Avos, Mishnah Yedalid, where Hillel taught, Im ein anili, if I am not for myself, if I am not going to literally develop myself in every which way, Mili, who is going to do that for me? But, Ukshanile atzmi, if I am for myself only, Ma'ani, what am I? And therefore, there is a healthy 
tension between what man is to do for himself and do for the community. And in reality, you look at the verse in Parshas Kedoshim, in chapter 19, where you have that famous verse in verse 18, uh, literally, you shall love your fellow as yourself. So the Ramban on that verse reminds us, number one, that this is to be understood as we are told in the Talmud of once again the idea of Hillel presenting it, Dialoch Sni. In the negative, what would you would not want done to you, do not do to the next one. Because it cannot be understood in the literal form of loving your neighbor as yourself. Because God implanted into man a love of himself, self-preservation. And once again, there is this tension. And not only that, but halachically, as we find Rabbi Akiva is the one who teaches, and this is codified, that Chayecha Kodmin, based upon the verse that we're going to have, please God, in two weeks, in Parshas Bahar, where the Torah says, V'chei Ochicha Imach, Literally, that your brother shall live, live with you, Imach, and Chayecho Kodmin, says the famous Gemara in Bava Metziah. Your life comes first. It's true not only regarding the Machlokes of Rabbi Kiva and Ben Petura, of two persons traveling in the desert, and one has a canteen of water, that according to Rabbi Akiva, you must drink that water yourself and not share it if it's a question of if you both drink, you're both going to die. And this is understood by Rabbi Vaji Yosef, not just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense as well. It should never happen again, but in wartime, if I have but one piece of matzah and there is myself and my father, who gets the matzah if the matzah is mine, and I want to give it to my dad, there's no question about it, I have to eat the matzah. Your life comes first in a physical sense, as well as in a spiritual sense. Yet, we are not to look upon this as the Torah. God forbid teaching the person to be selfish. No, explains Reb Shimon Shkup that we are to literally understand that our primary responsibility is to the cloud. But how do I do it? By taking care of myself, by building myself up, I am then able to serve the Klal in a greater way. So true, Chayecha Kodmin, yes, I am to focus on myself, but the ultimate goal is for me to be that servant of and part of the community. And therefore, when a person realizes what a privilege it is 
to be part of Klai Yisrael, that his taking care of his own needs are really an opportunity for him to be better for the community. And so, a person who fortunately has success in business. So what does that mean? It means that he is able to be God's treasurer in the areas of tzedakah. And so Rav Shimon suggests that the verse in Parshas Re'eh of Aseir to Aseir, and this is later repeated by and suggested by Reb Moshe Feinstein Zetzal, that minimally we're talking about the average individual. We're not talking about rabbis and teachers and employees of the Jewish community. We're talking about the average, quote, balabayas. They are to give minimally 10% of their time, 10% of their resources, 10% of me'odecha, minimally, to the Jewish community. And this is such an interesting idea, that this is a constant struggle going on, that should be going on, and what I call healthy tension within the individual, namely, how am I doing? How am I doing in terms of my own character refinement? And how am I doing vis-a-vis the community? How am I doing in terms of my learning of Torah? And how am I doing in terms of my teaching Torah to others? Because even if I'm not fit to give a class in my synagogue, I'm certainly capable of helping that child down the block with their Hebrew, helping with their Hebrew homework, helping that new person who's becoming observant, and helping them in their day-to-day understanding of Judaism and to be able to appreciate the mores and the whys and the whats and the whens and the where and the how of Jewish life, how much we can contribute to others. And this is that healthy tension which the Pasuk is speaking. Yocho Kamoni, I might think that we are to be completely like God. No. Talmud Lomar says the Medrash, His sanctity is above ours. But that we are to fuse the two, this is a very fascinating challenge which is coming from the very opening Medrash on the verse Kedoshim to you. And I trust that this is a very important fact to keep in mind all year long, that a person should have, how am I doing, going on, that constant juggling, that constant struggle. But especially during these days, as we prepare for Kabbalah's HaTorah, I think each person should try to take the time out for themselves, for that little bit of introspection. How am I doing as an individual? How am I doing as part of the Jewish community? And if so, the consequence of this wrestling and struggle could only lead to a greater Kedoshim to you. What a privilege 
What a schus we have to be involved in this tension. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. in the A.M. on a Friday morning. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin. Shabbat Shalom is right, as we say. Shabbat Shalom on a Friday on this day 24 in the counting of the Omer. Two parashios, as Rabbi Yudin just mentioned, Achermos and Kedoshim, candle lighting in the New York area at 737. Want to wish a mazel tov to Ezra Wallach of Woodmere. Um, he gets a congratulations for a beautiful seum uh, that he led last night. And a special shout-out to our friends at uh, Judge, Judd's Memphis. Remember the food truck that was on the Lower East Side last week and that travels around? Apparently, they did a great job last evening at the Seum. So we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Well, the NORPAC mission is right around the corner. Uh, those of you who are familiar with it, you know how significant it is. If you've never heard of it before, pay even more attention to this conversation. Dr. Richard Schlussel is with us live via telephone. He is the co-chair of the NORPAC mission and can tell us just how important and vital a mission this is. Dr. Richie Schlussel, welcome back to JM in the AM. Nachum, thanks for having me. It's always a highlight of the year for me to uh, get a chance to chat with you and your listeners. You're always so gracious, and uh, your audience is always so helpful in uh, making the mission a great mission, which, as you said, this year is Wednesday, May 17th. Wednesday, May 17th, just a few short days from now, we've extended the registration um, to uh, the beginning of next week. So if people are last-minute people, you can <laughs> register either at norpac.net or email our executive director, Avi, uh, at avi at, uh, at norpac.net. That's avi at norpac.net. Just say, hey, Avi, I want to register. Or go online to the website, norpac.net, and you'll be able to join us for a very important day. You know, you, you've always stressed, and I've always um, uh, hopped on this bandwagon, that as important as it is to go, and believe you me, we're asking people of all ages to go, and, and we'll explain what their role is in a minute. Uh, but those who can go down with their kids, those adults that can go down with their teenagers, and those teenagers, those high schoolers, and I bet you the schools would give you the day off, those high schoolers that would go down with your parents would be such an incredibly uh, incredible shared experience. So I, I want to do what Dr. Schlussel just mentioned, and remind everybody to go to norpac.net and get a reservation in for the 17th. That's Wednesday to Wednesday before Yom Yerushalayim. So that's number one. And number two, if there's a way to go with at least two generations, you and your parents your uh, or a father with a uh, son or daughter or a mother with a son or daughter, it, it makes it even uh, more extra special. And I got the list of bus locations. I haven't even asked Dr. Schlussel yet how many people are on this mission. I will. But just the bus locations of where they're coming from, they're going to converge on Washington from the following areas, from Brooklyn, the Young Israel of Flatbush, from uh, Brooklyn, the Sephardic Community Center, East Brunswick, Edison, Englewood, Fairlawn and the Five Towns, Highland Park, two different shuls, Kew Gardens Hills, Long Branch, Muncie, New Rochelle, two Manhattan shuls, OF Tedek and Lincoln Square, both on the west side, Riverdale, West Hempstead, and West Orange. Dr. Schlussel, that is one impressive list. So you're entirely correct, Nachum. We try to make things as easy as possible for anybody who wants to attend. You don't have to be the world's greatest speaker. We have talking points uh, written out for you. You can speak as much as you want or as little as you want. Your uh, presence 
in Washington in a congressman and senator's office speaks volumes. Uh, so you can speak as much as you want or not. You can take a dart and throw it at the map in the tri-state area, and chances are, as you just mentioned, you're going to hit a location where we made it easy for you for to, to, to part and to get home at a reasonable time. And your point about the generations is a phenomenal one. I got to tell you that um, some of my favorite uh, one of, one of my favorite pictures in our house is the picture of me, my dad, who just had his 82nd birthday yesterday. Dad, happy birthday! And oh, wow. it's going into the YU Hall of Fame for his basketball prowess. But All right. uh, the greatest picture, one of the greatest pictures I have, is me, my dad, and my son in our jackets and ties with the U.S. Capitol in the background on a beautiful spring day, and. I've been at meetings where my dad saved the day with the chairman of the House Appropriations Committee with uh, steering the conversation to a pro-Israel tone. I've been in a meeting where my son, who was just a teenager at the time, got to express his sentiment standing in stay wrote and missile defense that no adult could uh, articulate as well as a, a teenage boy talking about his teenage friends in stay wrote. So it's so, so great for your kids who are eighth grade and up to see how much Israel means to you, and it's so great for you as a parent to see how they shine in those situations. Ah, no question about it. All right, norpac.net is the website to register for the NORPAC mission the 17th of May. How many people do we have so far, Dr. Schlussel? Nachum, uh, you, you were there once. Um, it's an amazing thing to walk the halls of Congress and see kippahs with the American-Israeli flag and the NORPAC logo up and down the hallways of the Congress and the Senate, up and down. As you go into the buildings uh, through security, strangers come over to you and said, who's NORPAC? They've taken over the town. Who's NORPAC? <laughs> and uh, we literally do because uh, we're closing in on 1,000 people. Woo! So there are people, uh, friends of yours, uh, relatives who have either gone or are choosing to go uh, join us. You're going to have a great day with a lot of great people. Um, I would just mention sometimes people say, well, what's, what's the point? Uh, how much do we uh, really accomplish? And NORPAC can, can point to very concrete real accomplishments in the Middle East and in the U.S.-Israel relations. Oh, and there's, a lot, and there's a lot coming up, yeah. That's right. Um, in the past, we have pushed forward our organization on those days, legislation that uh, crippled the Iranian economy, that sanctioned Hezbollah, that introduced the concept of Iron Dome to the Congress. They didn't even know what it was when we first started having our discussions and saved funding for it when it was considered to be cut. All of those things and more are things that we've accomplished that we'll be discussing on the table on Wednesday, May 17th. So you're going to make a real difference um, on that particular day. Um, I just want to um, finish uh, in addition to reminding people at norpac.net or email avi at norpac.net, avi at norpac.net, or sign up there. Um, my brother-in-law, who you know, Yamin Goldsmith, uh, sure. wonderful uh, leader of the Shalvim School for Women, tells me this uh, very interesting story that you're going to think you know, Nachum, and your audience is going to think they know, but bear with me, it, you don't know it. Okay. It's a story about uh, a family in uh, the ancient biblical uh, land of Canaan. Uh, a dad has 12 sons. Uh, they don't, the sons don't kind of like one of the younger sons. They sell him as a slave. Long story short, he ends up in Egypt in a prison. 
um, and he meets these two guys who are in the administration of the uh, Egyptian uh, uh, government. Um, and, um, you know, in prison, you kind of keep to yourself. So one day, these two guys have a bad dream. They walk into uh, the cell. Um, nobody talks to them. They get out. Um, they go back to the uh, pharaoh. Times are kind of good, but you know what? A few years later, it ends up being a famine. Egypt goes down the tubes. This uh, little band of uh, family in Canaan never gets any food. They're in a famine, too. They kind of dissolve. There's no Jewish people. There's no uh, return to the land of Israel. There's no uh, history of the Jewish people. They kind of just disappear because nobody was able to save them or do anything. So the story kind of hinges. That's the alternate story. But the real story, the story that we know from history, changes because Joseph sees these two guys who had a bad dream. And as Yamin said, he says four words to them that kind of get lost um, in terms of emphasis. These four words changed history. Madua pnechem ra'im hayom. Why the long faces? What's bothering you guys? What's the matter? And they say, funny you should ask, we had bad dreams. And he says, well, I'm kind of good with dreams. Let me tell you what these mean. They get out. They tell Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, later on, hey, get that guy Joseph. Here's the dreams. Save your money. Bring the Jews down. The rest is history. And he told it as sort of a musr to ask people how you're doing, and it is a beautiful lesson. But as political junkies, you and I, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> we're political junkies. I have seen true history change in small meetings with congressmen, with senators, where it turns on just a few words. Hey, did you know? First of all, congressman, thanks so much. Senator, we're so appreciative. Thank you. Did you know about Iron Dome? Do you know about Hezbollah? Do you know about Palestinian incitement? Et cetera, et cetera. And those few words really end up changing history. So we really urge people to come down, with, as you said, with their children, with their parents, for one of the best days they're going to have in the year. Norpac.net. Well worth the day, everybody. Norpac.net to a reserve. N-O-R-P-A-C.net. Dr. Richie Schlussel is co-chair of the Norpac mission. It'll be over 1,000 strong. Uh, on the 17th of May down in Washington. Thanks so much for joining us. Continued good luck, and I hope a lot of our listeners sign up today. Thank you so much, Nachum, and uh, have a great Shabbat. Yes, uh, Shabbat Shalom to you. Richie Schlussel, amazing, amazing work being done by Norpac. He, he, did, not, he did not exaggerate one iota, one iota about what the day is like, what the impact of Congress is, and how important it is historically. Did not exaggerate for a second. Want to remind everybody, coming up at 9 o'clock, Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. You'll see it on NahumSiegel.com. You'll hear it on all of our platforms, including the NSN app. Uh, she'll have Josh Mess- Josh Masson, executive chef and co-owner of Nobo Wine & Grill. Every time I pass Nobo Wine & Grill, that place has a million cars in the parking lot. Must be really, really popular for good reason. Uh, Ito Werdiger-Roth, who's the chef from the former Mason & Mug and Hester Supper Club, and Melinda Strauss from Jewish Food Media Community. They're all going to be guests. Uh, Josh and Ita and Melinda are all guests at 9 o'clock this morning, just a few minutes from now, of Naomi Nachman. Um, uh, table for two coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network. You'll watch it at NachumSiegel.com, and you can uh, hear it on all of our platforms. All righty? So there you go. More coming up. It's a Friday morning. Candle lighting at 737 in the New York area. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with A.K.A. Pella, Vahishamda. Friday morning. On this era of Shabbos. Time to say good Shabbos. Journeys is on. You're listening to J.M. in the A.M. Naomi Nachman, a brand new edition of Table for Two is coming up next in the Nachum Siegel Network. Watch the entire show at NachumSiegel.com on the homepage and listen as Naomi speaks with Josh Masson of Nobo, Ita Werdiger Roth of Mason and Mug and the Hester Supper Club and Melinda Strauss from the Jewish Feud Media Community. It's all coming up on Table for Two. Followed by Kedem's presentation of the Erev Shabbos music mix, including Mark Zamek's 1 p.m. live lunch, all on an Erev Shabbos on the Nachum Siegel Network. Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good job Cause all your work is done I'm Gonna spend the day together Special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light. Singing songs of Shabbos, well into to throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together
Achenu Israel and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and making it yet another amazing week for us here at JM and the AMI. Thanks to Mayor Weingarten for the amazing Yom Ha'atzmaut special. It was an honor being in Israel as that took place this past Tuesday. We build up to the 24th of May, which is, of course, going to be Yom Yerushalayim number 50. We are very much looking forward to that week in the holy city of Jerusalem. Details about the JM and the AM fundraiser, the 2017 edition of our JM and the AM fundraising marathon, which will be shorter than what you're used to, but still will be a marathon, that I guarantee you. Uh, details on Monday right here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. And the final week of our Sphera format for this Sphera season will be uh, starting on Monday. Naomi Nachman next, brand new edition of Table for Two. Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix all day long, including Mark Zomik's live lunch at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami. Matis and JM Sunday, this coming Sunday morning, starts at 7 a.m. Here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Till next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.